Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. She. You know, um, every week, first I want to say hi, Eric. How you doing? Good afternoon. Happy Friday. Happy May Day. Happy May Day to you. And may the workers arise. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's more I important actually, than ever. Absolutely. I just saw a thing where some of these very uh, ultra-conservative wealthy people, you know, the one who had been crying because there was going to be a wealth tax, and, and then the guy he's on a shark tank who, you know, they're all going, well, maybe maybe we should move to give uh, workers $15 an hour. Now, before, adamantly opposed, and now that uh, workers may want actually more than 15, because that's not a livable wage in most places. Uh, they're suddenly like, ooh, the peasants may rise. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know? yeah, it's a start for sure. Yeah. So uh, that that those are things that are happening, and I'm going to touch on a few other things, but I want to wait until uh, my friend Pina, who's on the line. Hey, Pina. Hello, my friend. We've known each other for what now? Five years, probably. Oh, I yeah, at least. Well, we got we we got we got to know each other really well uh, during the mortgage crisis, and we both came out of it okay. But but just very quickly, um, we uh, cornered uh, our state attorney general <laughs> in an elevator, uh, you know, meeting, trying to talk to him. We, we were a good team, I think. Right? Yes. Yes. I'm assuming kept, this was before the social distancing guidelines. This this was before social distancing. Okay, good, good. This was uh, uh, Bob Ferguson uh, who had said, "I'm going when I when I get elected, I'm going to stand by the homeowners instead of the banks." And he did exactly the opposite. So yeah, yeah. we uh, we were asking him, "Well, what about your campaign promises? What about uh, listen? I got to go now. I got to go now." <laughs> so we, we were not rude. We were just <laughs> persistent. <laughs> and I was diplomatic, as I'm always, you know, diplomatic, but then I cut right to the core. <laughs> right to the core, yeah. So we, we have been on the front lines of various things together for a while. I, uh, you know, this may sound crazy to some people, but every week we play this song, you know, Get Together or Let's Get Together. And um, I have a personal story uh, that I've never I've never told publicly. Uh, Chet Powers, who wrote this song, he used the stage name Dino Valenti. And back in the day, when my husband and I were first together, um, Dino and my husband knew each other in prison. Uh, this is something I don't share. And uh, we went to see him at the Spaghetti Warehouse in San Francisco. And uh, Walter said, uh, this is this is my, my wife. Uh, she's from Texas and all. And he began playing all these songs about Texas and doing all this. And he was so kind to me and so, um, because of his friendship. So I just wanted to to say something about about this man, uh, Chet Powers, and um, a few things that people may or may not know. Um, no one, Dino Valenti, he 
and 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 you know the heinous crime he committed was possession of marijuana. Uh, he also was caught with an, um, uh, amphetamines, um, but he. Um, the police often planted drugs on people back in those days, uh, too. But he, but he did drugs. Uh, he had uh, a number of uh, drug arrests, uh, and he. The interesting thing about that, while he was awaiting a trial, he received a one to ten year sentence, and he served part of it at Folsom. Um, but I found to raise money for his defense, he sold the publishing rights of Get Together to Frank uh, Werber, who was the manager of Kingston Trio. And this song was sung, uh, Let's Get Together, was sung by uh, the Youngbloods. Made it the mo- they made the most popular recording of it. Yeah. But the Jefferson Airplane did it. Dave Clark did it. I mean, it was a very, very popular song. But the Youngbloods rendition was uh, the National Council of Christians and Jews used the song in their uh, theme on television and radios. And I found that uh, to be interesting. And we just played the chorus when we opened the show. But I just wanted to remind people of uh, one of the verses in this song. And, and you go to YouTube and look the whole thing up yourself. But it's such a beautiful song, and it's and these words are um, important right now. If you hear the song I sing, you will understand. Listen. You hold the key to love and fear all in your trembling hand. Just one key unlocks them both. It is there at your command. And right now where we are, you have that choice on what, how you're going to turn that key. Are you going to turn it towards fear and unlock that door? Are you going to turn it towards love and unlock that door? And I, I just wanted to say this. There's, there's people song and you know the song hey joe um it's best known by Jimi hendrix a lot of other people have sung it but you know Jimi hendrix made the most popular recording of hey joe sure you know beautiful song now this is interesting well, because <laughs> go ahead might, well not beautiful i, I know i don't know if you know the subject of that song is not particularly beautiful <laughs> i i let me rephrase that. <laughs> Intensely emotional. Fair I heard enough. you shot your woman down, okay? Yes. But it's about jealousy. It's about, you know, you know what people do, you know, under stress and so forth. There you go. Sure. Okay. Bad choice of words on my part. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to my point. So um, there was this, quote, controversy that really wasn't a controversy. Uh, it was registered for co- copyright in the U.S. by Billy Roberts. Uh, Billy Roberts was a California-based musician, and he uh, worked with uh, – see, musicians, they don't care where you live, where you're from. Are you making music? That's what it's about. It doesn't matter about country. It doesn't matter about anything else. So the Scottish folk singer Len Partridge claimed that he helped write the song with Roberts when they uh, were um, – when they were both, shoot, where did I do it? Oh, here it is, sorry, rattling papers. When they both performed in clubs in Edinburgh in 1956. And he said, Roberts may have drawn inspiration for Hey Joe from three earlier works. So there's some people that are saying, well, it was a, it was a, a traditional song. 
Uh, but uh, his girlfriend, Neela Miller, wrote a song, Baby, Please Don't Go to Town. And that's that. But here's what I find very interesting. Billy Roberts is listed as, as the source, and so is uh, the... The song, he used the name Dino Valenti. Chet, uh, you know, uh, Chet Powers used the name Dino Valenti, and he used other names as a songwriter too. He was most known for being with Quicksilver Messenger Service, an incredibly good band. Uh, but Roberts assigned the rights to the song to his friend Valenti, while Valenti was in jail in order to give him some income upon release. So I wanted to bring that up because. The controversy is made by other people, not by the musicians who were involved. And I just think it's important to know uh, some of the some of the insights into this. So I hope you don't mind me sharing my personal story regarding this song. But um, oh, I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, um, and and the fact is, uh, uh, he died in 1994, and. I find this interesting. He uh, suffered from short-term memory loss and the effects of the anti-convulsive medications, but he continued to write songs and play with Marin County musicians. His last major performance was a benefit at San Francisco's Great American Music Hall. He died suddenly at his home in Santa Rosa, California in November of, of uh, 1994. So... His life was music, and look at this. We play this every week, and people know this song, and it's and it's a beautiful thing, and it is good. Let's get together. Let's love each other. Okay, so anyway, I hope you appreciate that. <laughs> and it was really nice to have a guy sing to me, too. <laughs> Always nice. But, um, you know, uh, Pina... You and I have talked a lot about what's happening with COVID-19 and uh, the issues around that. And, you know, we just had this, the Michigan uh, State House, all these guys, a lot of them armed, pouring into the state, calling the uh, legislators traitors and, and this and that. And Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, to her credit, is not letting bullies back her down. She wants to keep the people safe. So I'm going to tell you right now, it is a minority of people who want to open everything up and just like, it doesn't matter. We're going to do what we want to do, uh, no matter who we infect, no matter how they are. You know, I was on a call with, uh, with um, Senator McSally a day before yesterday. Uh, I think there were 16,000 people on that. Now, given that she's running for re-election, she was still doing something that I thought was positive. She was reticent to say a whole lot against the president, but she she was there and she was talking about, look, and she had uh, one of the uh, Arizona health officials from the University of Arizona who they are developing uh, more tests for to see if you have antibodies. And they were saying it's more important to get a test for antibodies right now because getting a test for COVID-19, you may show uh, negative today and positive tomorrow. So it's, it's in immediate time for that test. But the antibody tests 
And be cautious with these because they went ahead and released a whole bunch of them and some of them are not good, not accurate at all. So be very, very careful. Uh, there was also a guy on the call who said, well, it's been shown that uh, the anti-malarial drug, what's it called, um, that the president has a financial interest in and wants people to use for COVID-19. Oh, yeah, gosh. He's not talking about that one anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, but there's a guy that called in and said, well, it's been shown that it's effective against, uh, gosh, what's the name of it? Why am I? I just put it out of my mind, obviously. Um, <laughs> Eric, can you can you recall what it is? Anyway. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Hit me with the question one more time. The the anti-malarial drug that uh, that Trump ta has been touting as a oh uh, right COVID right yeah I know what you're talking about but uh, hydro yeah. hydrochloride yeah yeah diddy you guys know what we're talking about it's been in the news pay attention hydroxychloroquine. Hydrox, and there were people right. that have died from using a version of that that yeah. uh, was deadly. Um, not that they were bright, but you shouldn't have to die just because you're stupid. True. You know, and when you have the leader of a country, or you're panicked and you make bad mis uh, and a bad decision bad. because of that panic. But here's this guy. Day before yesterday, even though this has been all over the news, asking McSally, now, now, isn't this a good choice for me to make? And to her credit, she said, no, it's not a good choice. And so did, and so did the, the, the doctor who was on it. He's like, uh, trying not to be rude, but he's like, uh, no, 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 no. This is not something you want to do. And he made a really important point. He said, people are trying to hold this for COVID-19 when there are people with, uh, it does help with malaria and there's another disease. I'm just blanking on it. Oh, God, I'm so sorry, people. I should have written it down. Uh, but it helps with that. And they can't get it now because of, of people uh, trying to hoard the uh, drug for COVID-19. And it actually is needed for other people uh, who the drug actually can help. Exactly. So well, this is, yeah. And when there's scientists, you know, all over the world, which I kind of discussed with you, I'm not going to say the names yet, but um, right. there are two scientists in my own family, which they're conducting studies in Italy, in one of the top um, research center, and they're in the top five researchers, not just in Italy, but in the EU. So they've been working on so many different trials. And like, um, around April 23rd or so, one of the medicines that they have been using, they actually have taken people off the ventilators. And they, you know, they're testing up to three, 500 people. So they're moving forward with this. And the thing is, you know, we should listen to those scientists. It's just disheartening that Trump is just such an egomaniac. Um, that, you He's know, killing people, literally killing people. Yeah discredit anything, you know, I mean, just how it started with the hooks, right? And mm -hmm. what he doesn't understand is the virus is in control. We're not in control. And unless you tame it, unless you take, you know, um, lessons from other countries like Italy, that they have very severe restriction in place. And Naples, about five days ago, which is the most populated city in Italy, 
got their um, numbers down to zero for death and infection. But they have to have very severe penalties, like, you know, you get a $500 fine if you're caught even driving. You don't have the permit to, you know, where you're going. And if you get caught on a second offense, you get five months in jail. So they have And they're serious about it, too. Yeah. And that's the thing. People don't do it. Um, And they have to take the same measure as basically China did, except shoot at people, right? Right. Um, (laughs) But you have to do that. I mean, it's been proven. So he didn't learn anything from the very beginning when he denied everything. Now, even as we're going forward and we're past a million, I bet one of the protesters last week that we will pass a million by this weekend. And here we are. Today, it's a million. 7,620, and we have 63,000 deaths, which is so appalling that Donald Trump said it was a success. I mean, what kind of maniac makes that kind of statement? I I totally agree with you. And to back that up, um, some people have heard of, minimally heard of, of the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic. And um, I saw a video. Uh, you can go on YouTube and look for this video, San Francisco uh, 1918 flu epidemic, uh, that San Francisco decided we're going to lift restrictions. People can wear masks. They can gather together again because they had the same kind of restrictions. You have to wear masks. You can't g- gather in large groups, you know, all of this. And they opened up. And guess what? They paid the price. Thousands yes. more died. And, and yeah, and the thing is, the scientists are still trying to figure out, you know, they say, okay, six feet, but it's not necessarily six feet, because those droplets can travel depending on even wind and all that, they can travel up to 26 feet. And as far as infections, if people come out of it after 14 days, it's not necessarily true, because I just that's right. Niece, yeah, who was just yesterday, who she is on her 53rd day, right, of quarantine. She was a nurse in Milan, right, in one of the hospitals there. And she's under 30. On the 53rd day, she is still positive. She still has the symptoms, you know, the tiredness and all that. And even her colleagues, which also they were in the medical, you know, field, they have been showing those symptoms, you know, after the third and fourth testing and staying home for, you know, 40 to 55 days. So it's totally unknown. So those idiots, they were you know, protesting at the governor's in Michigan, and they're right in the guard's face, and the guards are wearing just a regular mask, not even the, the yep. what is it, N95. They were right in their face. I mean, that's criminal. It it's is criminal. criminal. And I did want to bring up one point that fits with what we're doing today. In 1918, the government lied to the people, and that's what we're having yeah. now. If you lie to people, if you tell them the truth in a calm way and say, look, we don't know what exactly is going to happen, when we can let up on this, but if we work together, we can stop it. If we open up too soon, more people are going to die. I mean, I had someone very dear to me who's like, well, I've had viruses before. I've never had any problem like we don't have herd immunity to this virus and we are not going to get herd immunity anytime soon. You need 75% of the population to have herd immunity before it kicks in, you know, like the hundredth monkey kind of thing. It's not going to happen. Not anytime soon. It'll be faster. And here's the good news, folks. 
scientists are ignoring all this political garbage. They're just ignoring it. They're continuing to work. So give thanks to these people that are in multiple countries working together and yes. sharing information. Not trying 24 to own hours it. a day, yeah, in the in yes. the lab. Like when I was talking to my relatives, he was talking to other scientists, including China, because you have to talk yes. to them too. Like what, well, and, and sitting up. Well, yeah. China, it's it's all. It may make you feel good to say, well, if China had just done this, and if China, they didn't. Okay, so now this is where we are. So let's deal with where we are. The, the Chinese scientists didn't do it. You know, the Korean scientists didn't do it. The the scientists in other countries and look at Sweden. They decided they were going to just go on as normal, and their death rate is so. Then Finland and Denmark, who shut everything down, their death rates in the hundreds. Sweden's yeah. is in the thousands. Yeah, and so that's to keep in you've mind, got yes, countries right together, and you can see how that works. Yeah, and it's to keep in mind that somebody posted something on Facebook the other day. So what do you think of this? And I said, well, to start with, the people in Sweden and the EU, they don't have underlying issues because they have free health care and free education. So there is the doctors that. are paid in base how they keep them healthy. So to begin with, they don't have those underlying issues because they're healthy. So they could probably pick that step. But look at where we are here. It's a total different story. And... You know, it's just so, like I said, disheartening that, you know, a leader of a country, instead than telling the truth, like you said, from the very beginning, you know, not a day goes by where he goes on and does these vicious attacks, you know, like, I mean, he's turning this country into like a third world country, the way he's handled it. It's and happening it's like, very rapidly. We're losing our status in the world. America, not that fragmented. Hello? I have to get that off of my chest. I didn't hear the last thing you said. I hope it wasn't a curse word. <laughs> oh, no. I said, I said we're the United States of America, not the divided right. countries. You know, the state right. fragmented states of Russia, just like his latest yesterday. He said that he does not want to help the blue states. I mean, what? Okay. Well, you know, here's what's funny about that. And here's a point that needs to be made. Well, we're just not going to give them the money. You're getting the money from them. It's the blue yeah, exactly. states that are keeping the country afloat, dummy. Exactly. They're, they're the ones contributing and not taking. Yep, yep, exactly. And when you've got Mitch McConnell saying, well, let him go bankrupt, well, okay, what about your state, Kentucky, that takes more from the federal coffers than it gives to the federal coffers? You can't say that about California or Washington or New York or any of the states you're so against. We give more than we take. Yeah. And we don't care. We think it's, we should do that. It's just asinine. I mean, it's just it's just asinine. So, yes. Um, I am so glad that we have your voice that is connected with another country and, and says look how they do. I, folks, there's a video that uh, Pina sent me of the mayors in different towns. In uh, you gotta love the Italians, man. They don't they they don't sit back and quietly be politically correct. They just let it all out. Yep. <laughs> That's hysterically funny. You've got don't don't tell me you have to go out and walk that dog. <laughs> That was a great video. That was from the mayors. I mean, just 
totally laying it out. <laughs> yeah, they 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 held nothing back. <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> and and but you know there is something to that of saying, listen, like like this one woman, I and I think everybody has heard her. I need to get my hair done. Well, honey, go to the drugstore and do it yourself for right now. You may not be the perfect thing, but if it, it'll work. And, you know, yeah, I have a hard time bending over and cutting my own toenails, <laughs> you know, but I can do it. You know, it just I just have to wiggle around a little bit more, you know, to get them cut. I want to go get my nails done. I want to do that. But you know what? I'd rather stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to look at you here if you're in the coffin. <laughs> they don't care. Oh, no. You know what my plan is? I used to always say I wanted to be cremated. Cut out everything anybody else can use and, and then, you know, like uh, eyeballs and and <laughs> arteries and things. You know what I mean? Whatever. Because my liver, they're going to go, hell no, who'd want that, you know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've now they have a thing. I don't know if it exists here in Arizona, but I'm going to find out. I can always have a, uh, a more, a, a, you know, a, Places that handle dead people and morticians ship it up to Washington State where you can become compost. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that's that. what I want to be. My my friend Alana's brother, that's what happened with his body. He became compost. Just think, I can nourish a tree and grass and right. flowers. Right. I, that just seems so much more useful, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't want to... Fill the earth with leaded coffins and things like that. What, what? No, I don't want to do that. Just let me go back and and give back to this beautiful planet who has given me so much in my life. Yeah. I don't need which, the body once my soul is out of it. Which, in a way, now this planet is getting a rest, you know, with people not being yes. on the road, not polluting, not mm -hmm. doing any fracking, not doing any of that. Um, so it's actually getting a rest. Isn't that it's ironic? Getting, it's ironic, and also, I think I mentioned previously, and I'm going to, to do something about this again next week, uh, there's a, a guy that did this in Siberia like 20 years ago, uh, putting herd animals, uh, reindeer, and uh, I think there were three horses and some, and another one, I can't remember now, but uh, the, if we can introduce those into the tundras and different places around the world of bringing it back. Uh, we can do that can definitely so the animals could save us so maybe we should uh, be a little bit kinder to animals yeah, and I think I think people are also going back to you know growing their own stuff in the yard you know vegetables absolutely I grew up in Absolutely. a little town where I grew up, you know, what we call organic there, which is normal, that you right. have your own garden. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have GMOs. It doesn't have you know, all this other weird stuff. <laughs> so I think people are becoming more aware. Children are becoming more aware, not staying home with their parents. You know, I see them sometimes out here in the little garden, and they're digging in the dirt. So I think... I don't know, as bad as this whole nightmare, this uh, twilight zone has gotten us, I think there's also the 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 benefits on the on the good side of it. It's just brought I, really truly people together and more aware. I, of what I totally agree. I totally doing. agree. 
Well, listen, I want to do, last week we had some technical difficulties and we never got our astrology report out. Uh, Walter Pullen was kind enough to step in, uh, but we had, like I said, technical difficulties. So uh, uh, I wanted to do a little bit on astrology. Thank you so much, Pina, for this because it really, it's, it's good to have, yes, anecdotal in one way. But it's also information that is solid about what scientists are doing. And I think that's really important. And about the way Naples, you know, as you said, they yeah. have they brought they've brought it down. I mean, it is definitely so. And I'm glad you broke out the bottle of champagne to celebrate that. I did. <laughs> did you drink the whole thing? Uh, no, half of it no. is still in there. <laughs> <laughs> One of my friends said, I'll come over with a glasses and know you got to stay away. <laughs> well, just set the glass out, outside the door. You open the door, you fill it with the champagne, and then she comes back and picks it up. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, that, that was really amazing. I was, just, I, I was just in awe because, you know, Naples is very much comparable to New York. It's got the ghetto side. It's, got, it's the most populated in Italy. For them to do that, it's took tenacity, it took their love for each other and respect to do that. It doesn't matter. Nobody wants to be, you know, confined even in small apartments there. No. Like you just have to do what you have to do. That's right. And if you do it for a short, so you do it a couple of months even, but that's yeah. a shorter period than a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back and forth. Anyway, try not to be stupid, folks. Try, try to this thing between inside your skull it's called a brain and it's designed for you to think you know not just react emotionally to things that irritate you and you know there's a lot to be learned from being by yourself too i mean you could actually find out who you are yeah. all yeah. right darling thank you so much Thanks for, for contributing. having me on and i will keep you updated you know when i hear from my family the scientists as to their progress and I'm yes, really curious if they actually get a vaccine. <laughs> yes, that'll be great. That'll be great. All right, darling. You keep right. on you Thank keep you. on keeping on. All right, Thank bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, folks, um, the month of May is going to show a it's going to produce a significant shift of tide. I am doing this from uh, my friend uh, old what's her name? Um <laughs> I know, isn't that terrible when you can't remember who it is that you're that you're using their work? Uh, but anyway, a good astrologer. Uh, I get her met her stuff every every day, and I mean every month she sends out uh, this, and she's she's really you know like I said, really a good astrologer. Rose Marcus. Uh, I knew it. I knew it would come around on the merry-go-round. Uh, anyway, so one of the things to know that. Um, in the month of May, we have four planets going retrograde. We have a lot of shifts and changes happening. Saturn in Aquarius stations retrograde May the 10th. Venus in Gemini stations retrograde May the 12th. Jupiter in Capricorn stations retrograde May the 14th. Pallas Athena in Aquarius stations retrograde May 17th. Then Mercury moves into Gemini on May 11th and Mars into Pisces on May the 12th. These are big things. And one of the things that is, is so important in this uh, is that on May the 4th, 
the north and south nodes of the moon. That's the karmic axis. They move out of Capricorn Cancer and into Sagittarius Gemini. That's a huge shift. This is the uh, the karmic axis sets the as as Rose Marcus puts it, subject du jour and a market backdrop for an 18 month period. So uh, there's also eclipses coming up, so we need to take a look at that. That does impact in June and July. Uh, so the, the the next set of uh, eclipses, June the 5th is a lunar eclipse, and June 20th is a solar eclipse. And these are marking more, more significantly this year because the United States, a lunar eclipse is set for July 4th. So pay attention. I'm telling you this a little bit ahead, so you're going to take a look at some of these things and see how they impact us as a country and individually. So for the past 18 months, the nodal axis has featured the uh, Cancer Capricorn polarity. That transit has contributed to the dial-up of fears. You notice that? The dial-up of fears, insecurity, and the necessity to get it under better control. As of May the 4th, the karmic axis moves into a new script writing page. This, the south node leaves Capricorn for Sagittarius. The north node leaves Cancer for Gemini. This nodal shift marks a notable 18-month acceleration transition period of moving the past into the present and the present into the future. The past informs the present. It also is a springboard into the future. So how are you living? How are you doing? Are you are you taking a look at what's the positive way of handling things? Or are you acting in fear? These are things that we all individually and together need to need to address. May the 7th, there's a full uh, full moon in Scorpio. And that's the archetype of death, death, bankruptcy, all that kind of good stuff. On the other hand, it is also an empowerment archetype. So to the plus, the full moon can be a signal to start of a significant turn the tables time. I'm all for that. Uh, while uncertainty continues, especially uh, to the new moon on May the 22nd, there's a good potential to move to higher ground. News. A fresh perspective or opportunity, new element or twist or important conversation can set the stage for progress, regain or recovery. Now, this means that even though things may look bleak economically, depending on what you do and what your actions are, you possibly can move things to where your uh, economics are improving and getting better. So the start of Pluto and Capricorn retrograde tour on April 25th began a noticeable shift to more talk, planning, push towards opening back to business. And I've been doing that myself. I've been really uh, setting up uh, things to, to make it happen, not so much uh, worrying about what has been, but taking a look at how can I improve and change and move more into the future. My advice to you, not being an astrologer, but my advice to you is to do that, to really to really set uh, things. If you're a writer or you do anything like that, right now is a really good time uh, for writing projects and for conversations and negotiations. So whether you write or not, but if you're negotiating with anyone, this is the time to do it. Uh, take a look. 
uh, Mars, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Venus in Gemini, Mars is going into Pisces. But Venus in Gemini from May the 12th to June the 24th, uh, that's a good time, folks, to really get some things done. Um, Venus stations retrograde on the same day that Mars enters Pisces. So this is uh, another exposure archetype. So despite good prospects for lifting of restrictions, it is wise to continue to stay vigilant, are social distancing and your health. So, you know, take a breath, be good to yourself, be kind to the others around you, and um, don't let fear guide your moves. When armed men go in and threaten state legislators, uh, that's a problem. That is something that cannot be uh, taken as okay to do uh, because the next step for a bully, if you give them that kind of space, oh, you can march into a state house armed and uh, wh what's the next step? Then you start shooting people you don't agree with? No. People have to stand up and I do not think that I don't care who you are. Can you imagine if a group of Muslims went into the state house armed because they didn't like the legislation? Do you think that they would be allowed to do that like these white guys did? No. So we have got to take a look at who can and who can't do things. Uh, if you are uh, right uh, in your perspective, don't pick up a gun and go out there to make your point. You just look like a bully and an idiot like you actually are. You're going to go in armed, wearing vests, and threaten state legislators. You know, it's called go vote. You've already got an edge because you've done so many things to fix the vote. You don't need to do this, uh, doing this. And I do not advise people to behave like morons. Uh, behave like intelligent people and take a look. I, I would love for people to take a look at this video in 1918 because most of us uh, weren't alive in 1918, so we don't know what happened then. Lying is the worst oh, thing. Oh, there are history books. There, exactly. <laughs> but it takes a little effort. Information. You, you actually, well, who reads books today besides <laughs> you and me? I mean, <laughs> You know, you have to be an intellectual to read a book. But yet but, there are definitely some interesting parallels between then and now. Exactly. And you can't get it on YouTube if you're, you know, that doesn't take any effort, right? Sure. There's a lot of false information <laughs> well, there from is. people on YouTube. So you got to be discerning. But, you know, if there's a good documentary that you're recommending, then check it out. Check it out. And, uh, yeah, because, I mean, anything that that, you know, not everything, just because someone presents something as a fact doesn't mean it is. And even if I, and I, how many times do I say this? Don't take my word for it. Go find out for yourself. Actually, and what would be great is if you uh, shared the link on the Susan Harmon Experience Facebook page. I will do that. Fantastic. I will share that link on the Susan Harmon Facebook page uh, because... I never do those things. <laughs> yeah, but this is a good thing. You're, you're talking about a specific video uh, in a sea of billions of videos now. So probably, you know, just make it easy. You know what? That's good. a good lesson for me. And I will I hold my feet to the fire, Eric. Hold okay, okay. Make sure I follow through. That's another way to kill coronavirus, by the way, is just holding your feet to the fire. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't try that at all. It's good as ingesting uh, bleach, right? Yes, yes, or injecting it. And people are actually doing that. 
I know, which is very scary to We've think. had to call the poison centers because instead of listening to anyone that makes sense, they're listening to Donald Trump, who is a mentally ill person. Right. He's now blaming his uh, campaign manager for his uh, low uh, scores on, and I, and I don't believe polls anyway. <laughs> okay. Unless they favor me. Unless they favor me. Then they're they're in, they're the truth. Yeah, it's sad. It's really, really pathetically sad what has been done to our country. Well, we are going to probably break now. We've got a segment coming up that uh, is pretty important to listen to. And uh, so this is the last you're going to hear of me till next week. Stay tuned to for Michelle Sherman's uh, incredible voice. Taste and of original thinking from the Vast Institute. I know. She's amazing. And they do such good work at the Vast Institute. Support her and she will support you. All right, we're going to go off dancing, right? Yes, we are going. I'm dancing. Are you dancing? You know Come it. Come on, folks, dance. Welcome to the Vast Institute, a Taste of Original Thinking podcast series. My name is Michelle Sherman, and we are here to discuss how you can become more successful, happier, healthier by learning to become your most authentic self and an original thinker. Our world in daily life requires new and innovative solutions, especially during our social distancing learning curve. Thus, original thinking. So original thinking is an important part of the vast institute curriculum. And what I'd like to say, it's part of our overriding desire to support people in ways that they uh, may not have thought of. The original thinking is part of our cognitive realm. And our cognitive realm are where we come up with ideas and nourish our mind in ways that will allow us to come up to create better answers, more interesting problem-solving methods, and, uh, and connect with each other. One of our favorite thought leaders, Albert Einstein, said, we cannot solve problems at the same level of thinking we used to create them. Thus, this pod series, which features best hits and best practices from vast 30 years of experience and guest speakers on topics of great interest and nourishment, is our way of addressing how to become an original thinker. Because have you ever been stuck while trying to solve the same problem? It seemed intractable. Our minds are like rivers. They flow in the same direction. Our vast curriculum is designed to liberate you from the unwanted eddies of life in self-awareness, professional development, leadership, relationships, emotional wisdom, and creativity. So we are very excited that you're here today, and we will be talking with you about one of my favorite topics. I'll be sharing how original thinking and the cognitive realm prepares each of us for illuminated thinking. And illuminated thinking is where we um, are able to infuse light and love and goodness and kindness and mercy and compassion into all of our daily choices. So it's a very high and lofty goal, but one that we all feel is worth pursuing. Since original thinking is part of our cognitive realm, we are going to talk today about the cognitive realm. We are going to talk today about um, original thinking and how to achieve that. And then the path between nourishing your mind through cognitive replenishment, 
becoming an original thinker, and how this is a step towards becoming an illuminated thinker. So when we talk about the vast cognitive realm, there are three areas that we support people in developing. When we're working on replenishing our minds, we're talking about where we pay attention. We're talking about the way we talk to ourselves, how we speak to ourselves, the criticisms and the messaging that we give ourselves. And then, as many of you who have worked with us on our consciousness studies, we are very excited about worldview and how to elevate consciousness, how to elevate your life through understanding and respecting your worldview and learning how to deal with other people. So one of my passions in original thinking is it allows us to then figure out the answer to questions we didn't even know we had. And if this is not the best time to do that, everyone right now is talking about how we need to come up with answers and ways of being that will not reflect um, our norms, that there is a new normal. Well, original thinkers understand that that's the case and that we're always able to come up with the best solutions. How? We're going to talk about that in just a second. If we talk about our cognitive realm and how that, where we pay attention, our worldview and our self-talk impact us, what we need to do is we need to focus on how to improve that. And one of the things that we, we enjoy is what we refer to as not the negative imagination, but your positive imagination. Positive imagination is one of our core competencies at VAST. And it's a hybrid of optimism and critical thinking. It generates enhanced outcomes in life as well as masterful insights from uncomfortable situations. And the reason that we talk about positive imagination is because most of us have a sense of understanding when things are unsure, we usually go to what went wrong. Developing a positive imagination means that we are able to take the situation in front of us and apply critical thinking, but also apply outcomes that might be out of the box thinking. Let me give you an example. I recently found out that the bridge close to my home is going to be closed uh, for remedies and repairs. And although that's going to be quite a challenge to myself and the people in my community, I already have decided that yes, it will be a challenge, but my original thinking allows me to say, hey, I will have the time to get to where I need to go. I will make sure that I, I'm seeing the people that are important to me. And this might be actually a benefit so that my community can catch up with the development that's been happening here. So original thinking is looking for significance that perhaps you might not have thought of otherwise. And I think it was Viktor Frankl in his book, Meaning for Life, that said, if you can find significance in even the most difficult of situations, then you are most assuredly going to be okay. So cognitive replenishment is our first step. And once you have a positive imagination that's built, um, we talk about how to create a positive imagination. It is the outcome of cognitive replenishment, which is the focus of our book, Kindling the Flame. Cognitive replenishment is the anecdote to mental exhaustion. What happens is most of us are stressed and thinking outside of calm, relaxed, centered areas. We need to bring ourselves back to center. And since we are stressed and we are anxious and we are 
worried about traffic and all of those things, we do not allow our brains to reset. This is called a cortisol surge, and it indicates that we are in danger. And if we don't reset it, our brains start thinking that we are needing to be on constant alert and that anything and everything that appears might be a threat, which is why when the neighbor throws something over your fence and it was just a ball that you lost a few weeks ago, you might might react, overreact. You might be frightened. You might get angry. And then when you realize, wow, why did I overreact? It's because you are experiencing what we would call exhaustion, cognitive exhaustion, cortisol exhaustion. Well, the reason that happens is because our brains are not able to remedy our staying in that stressful situation. A different portion of our brain takes over. It is the amygdala, and it's called an amygdala hijack. The amygdala hijack is when somebody overreacts in a very angry and violent manner to something that has happened. And so that's a primitive part of our brain. In order to have much finer problem-solving outcomes, nonviolent, cooperative, compassionate outcomes, we need to be working with a different part of our brain, the part that is there for more civilized outcomes, for more uh, communal outcomes, that is encouraged by gentler, kinder, more considerate opportunities. And so um, what we do is we then need to relax and take a break. And cognitive replenishment is the antidote to that amygdala hijack and allows you to access a much more sophisticated, compassionate, elevated level of, of human problem solving. So with that in mind, let me just talk about cognitive replenishment is the starting place. And the book, Kingling the Flame, gives you a lot of details on how to make that happen. We can talk about that in a different uh, podcast. But today we're just going down that path. So cognitive replenishment, ailing, things that ail you, things that frustrate you, the amygdala hijack, that needs to be handled and through meditation and through walks in nature that is appreciatedly handled. And so when you go from the cognitive replenishment and you intentionally replenish your mind, through great thoughts, through nourishing ideas. That's what the VAST Institute does. It, it provides nourishing ideas. You then move into positive imagination. And once you have a positive imagination, you are then able to start solving problems with a different portion of your, of your brain. And this uh, optimism that I talk about in some of my other work, the optimism starts appearing. And when people have optimism, a very practical type of optimism, which is the result of cognitive replenishment and positive imagination, then they are able to be more resilient. They are able to handle the difficulties of life and bounce back in ways that are just magnificent. So again, the path is stress, cognitive replenishment intentionally, positive imagination, Positive imagination then allows for divergent outcomes, and these divergent outcomes then prepare us for illuminated thinking. Now, illuminated thinking is one of my favorites because that has to do with when, when we do have the opportunity to think outside the box and have an emotional tenor of positivity and realize that life is a balance of difficulty and beauty, 
and we're able to tap into the beauty, we then are able to understand consciousness. So consciousness and the maps of consciousness are where we access illuminated thinking. Original thinking is the precursor to illuminated thinking because original thinking is the opportunity to be positive and imagine great things. It is a wonderful skill. It allows for problem solving that has not yet been considered. It allows for linkage and resilience. The illuminated thinking is where the compassion and the concern for the benefit of humankind comes in. And that's how many uh, great thinkers have experienced life. So Dr. David Hawkins has created a map of consciousness. And we, uh, we have a class called Accomplishing Goals with Ease, where you can go and do a deeper dive into Dr. Hawkins' map and how that can create a, a path to accomplishing your goals. But the maps of consciousness indicate that we all have different worldviews. And those worldviews can be understood much better when we have compassion for those who perhaps are having those amygdala hijacks, people who are having a bad time, people who do overreact. It is because their level of stress is so consistent that they are not able to reset their brains and operate from their higher functions. And so those of us who care about cognitive replenishment, positive imagination, practical optimism are creating an opportunity for a greater collective consciousness to occur. And the consciousness is wonderful in that Dr. Hawkins' work indicates that those of us who are capable of imagining humankind with a a loving and beautiful perspective are able to uplift those who are incapable of it. And so in doing your original thinking, your uh, illuminated thinking practice, in doing the cognitive replenishment steps that are outlined, whether it's a braincation, whether it's a meditation, whether it's just um, painting or, or spending time reminiscing with a friend. Again, these are all outlined in Kindling the Flame, which is available on our website, www.vastinstitute.com. And we also have um, reading books, reading circles. Uh, What happens is you're ready to have what I would call a greater sense of creativity. And the creativity is there for you no matter what for the rest of your life. So what I want to say is illuminated thinking is worth it. At the Vast Institute, we have built ourselves around the premise of what I do matters. And original thinking is a cornerstone. Please join us for our optimism studies, our authenticity studies, our relationship studies. And if you'd like to become an original thinker, creating an authentic quality of life, please visit us at www.vastinstitute.com, where you can review our courses and subscribe to our newsletter. And we will keep you informed. Thank you so much for your time. Mm -hmm.